Welcome to Unity of Tucson. This month we begin, so we're beginning a new month. It's July, right? So we're beginning a new month, and this month's theme is the power of understanding. The power of understanding. Winnell is mouthing something to me. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say to me. Oh. Okay, later she says. Thank you. Uh, the power of understanding. So let me ask you this question. This is a rhetorical question. I would, like, I would like you first to consider for yourself the answer to this question. What is understanding? What is understanding? We talk about the power of understanding as one of the 12 powers that has been articulated by the founder, the co-founder of the Unity Movement, Charles Fillmore. And understanding sometimes can feel a little nebulous, like, oh, I understand. But what do you understand? Like, what do you truly understand? Well, I think what we're really going to talk about uh, this month is the power of spiritual understanding. And this is the way that I would like to consider the power of spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding is comprehending, internalizing, and then living the truth we know. To first know it, embody it, and then live it. That's what spiritual understanding is all about. Uh, in our mission statement, we say, love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. Now, several weeks ago, you may recall, actually, I guess it's a couple months ago now, I gave a whole talk about the forgive everything part, that the spiritual master doesn't require forgiveness. What they require is understanding. And so there's a part of me that wants to change our mission statement from forgive everything to understand everything. Because when we truly deepen into understanding what is there to forgive, when we know the truth of our being, when we know the truth of the being of every single person we encounter, I'm not saying that forgiveness as a practice is, has any problems. It does not. But when we truly understand who we are, understand it by comprehending it, embodying it, and then living it, there would never be anything to forgive. So part of this spiritual path, the journey that we take, and this, this commitment that I have made in my life is to understand all experience from the point of view of knowing who I am and understanding that every single person I encounter is that same energy. I am not afraid to stand in front of you and say, I am God. You are God. We are God. There is no being out there. There is only the infinite creative energy, the principle of all that is, and that is who we are. When we understand that, it equalizes everything because we cannot look upon another human being and say that they are less than any longer. When we know who we are and we understand and can see that about every single person, all of creation, that is an equalizer. So I've had a lot of challenge, as you know. I touched upon it a little bit last week, saying that I was not in a position or prepared to talk about what was happening in our world because I did not have an emotional, I, I did not have a point of view that was not completely wrapped up in my emotional response to what was going on. I have a point of view now. My Commitment as a minister is to never speak 
about any issue unless I have resolved myself in a point of view. And two, while I honor the emotional response, the emotional response sometimes leads me astray. And so it is my work to settle in and say, what wants to happen here? What wants to be expressed here? And I think there's a lot that wants to be expressed in our world, especially in this country right now. And there's a, it seems like there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of that competition going on, right? Well, let us make a decision, perhaps, if you are on board with making this decision with me, to step away from the construct of competition and work in the spirit of cooperation to find the solutions to the things that are challenging for us. That's what I'm choosing to do. It begins through understanding, rooted in intellect. Ultimately, it must go beyond intellect to become an embodiment so that it becomes the way I live as a practice. That's my commitment. How about you? In the lyric of the song that Darwin sang, there's a lyric that says this, Every endeavor I have made ever is coming into play, is here and now, today. Every endeavor I have made ever is coming into play, is here and now, today. Right here, right now. This is it. This is the moment. There is no other moment. Do you believe that? There is no past. Although, boy, do we like to drag that past with us like a really heavy backpack. That's not a backpack. That's a sack. Backpack. Really heavy backpack. Okay. There is no future. There is only the potential that we are setting into motion right in this moment. This is the moment. This is the only moment that exists. This is it. The beautiful meditation that Deborah led this morning does not exist anymore. It was its perfect moment. It does not exist anymore, except in our memory. And no, no, Deborah led the meditation. Sherry led the reading, affirmation, and treatment. I'm getting, I'm getting um, cues from my director down here. <laughs> and Winnell was our keeper of the flames. I do have this all in my head. I mean, I do remember these things. So the song I said before was from a show called Jekyll and Hyde. And fundamentally, Jekyll and Hyde is, uh, is, is a parable uh, that is exploring the nature of our shadow side. It's a story about the shadow, the struggle between the parts of us that we accept and the parts of ourselves that are difficult to accept. Those parts that are difficult to accept about ourselves, that's what in Jungian psychology is called the shadow, right? Here's the thing. We all got shadows. Not a single one of us is above the shadow. And here's what I think is being expressed in our world, especially in this country right now. We are seeing brought to light a collective shadow that we are being tasked, each and every one of us, to address. And the degree to which we, sh- we address our own shadows is the degree to which we are putting ourselves in a place of power to address the community shadow. And that is what we are asked to do. So yes, while Jekyll and Hyde speaks to the personal shadow, the journey of this man finding his light and his dark side, the things that he loves and the things that he despises, it is applicable to the collective. 
So I do believe we are experiencing. And you know what? It's not just in the last few weeks. We have been collectively revealing the shadow over the course of, I think, about the last 10 years. And as the shadow continues to be revealed, as we begin to understand an awareness of this shadow, we are put in the place of power. That place of power is we get to live our life of infinite choice. We live lives of infinite choice. I said to somebody some time ago, more, well, no, I guess it was within the last 10 years, um, somebody was having a real challenging time in their personal life. Anyone ever have a challenging time in their personal life? <laughs> really, like everything was like, oh, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. And they come to me, you know, oh, he's a minister, he must know what he's talking about. <laughs> Good luck. Um, <laughs> I joke. <laughs> but it was, one of those, it was one of those moments where I had such an a moment of deep clarity that I have held on to this exact phrase ever since then, and it is this. When the world seems to be falling apart around you, it is because your greatness can no longer be contained by the limitations that you have put into place, and something new must be born. Spirit, God, energy, the source of all that is, cannot be contained by your limitations. Do you believe that? Boy, do we try to hold on to it, though. I'm gonna, like, I'm going to make life happen. I'm going to, mm, and here I am, I'm God. I'm going to make life happen. No, maybe stop, relax, let go. Trust that God has your back because you are God. You cannot be contained. And when those things that we build up around us begin to fall apart, it's because those are the limitations. They cannot continue to be in light of you evolving into a greater understanding of who you are. We have a fundamental tenet in new thought. We have a fundamental tenet in new thought that I think, um, I, well, I'm going to share it with you. It's this. Ernest Holmes wrote this. The divine plan is one of freedom. Bondage is not God-ordained. Freedom is the birthright of every living soul. The divine plan is one of freedom. Bondage is not God-ordained. I purposefully bolded that and put it in italics because I want us all to truly get it today. We are not relegated to live in bondage, either the bondage that we place upon ourselves or the bondage that we perceive other people are imposing upon us. We are not required to live from that point of view. Freedom is our birthright. It is a birthright. It is, it is not given to us by a constitution. It is fundamentally who we are. We are beings and expressions of infinite freedom. That freedom is expressed through our capacity for choice in our lives. We are endowed with a capacity for choice. Choice is our personal dominion over the expression and experience of our lives. It is our personal autonomy. And there is no one who has any say in how you choose to live your life. That's why I say from here, from this, from this platform all the time, I am not here to tell you what to believe. 
All I am here to do is to offer up some tenets of a doctrine that has worked for me. And if you decide to take it upon yourself to adopt those, that is your choice. And you can live the benefit of that. And I do think personally, my belief is that it will be a benefit to you. But you get to make the decision. You get to make the decision. You know what I love about this philosophy too? Is that we say you get to make the decision period, end of sentence, as opposed to, you get to make the decision, but if you don't make the decision, you are damned for all eternity. (laughs) But imagine how many rooms are filled with hundreds, if not thousands of people being told that exact thing today, right in this moment. I sometimes wonder why it is so hard for New Thought, for New Thought spiritual centers, unity churches and religious science churches and divine science churches, why we are always feeling so small in number. Well, I have an answer. You're not going to like it. It's because we're not telling you that you're damned for all eternity. It's because we are telling you that you get to make a choice. I always tell people, it's church, not prison. You get to decide if you're here on a Sunday. You get to make a decision. You get to make a decision. You get to live a life of responsibility. Oh, and there's the word. Responsibility. Wait, I'm in charge? Yes, you are. You are in charge of it all. Do you believe it? Do you live it? And the rest of you? We decide, here's the thing, we decide whether at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness, we decide to be subject to the limitations we experience. And we can decide when those limitations must be shed. That's what happened in 1776 in this country, this particular country, because I know we have people who watch from other countries. But today, as tomorrow is Independence Day, I want to talk a little bit about 1776. There was a collective decision that was made in 1776. And that decision led to revolution. That decision led to revolution. We have been tacitly living in revolution ever since. Our entire identity as a nation is rooted in revolution. And so we all feel like revolutionaries, whether we know it or not. We all feel like, oh, yes, I've been told that I have freedom, and so I'm going to express that freedom. But wait a second, why do they get to express their freedom in a way that feels not so good to me? Because we're living in a revolution all the time. That is the consciousness of this country, I believe. Revolution is in the DNA of the United States. It has been expressed in big ways and in little ways. Some of the big ways it's been expressed is the Civil War, suffragette and women's rights movements, Racial, the, 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 the looking and, 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 and striving for racial equality, looking at the LGBTQIA movement. These are the revolutions that we are consistently living and experiencing in this country over and over and over again. And frankly, I don't think there's anything wrong with it because from revolution is evolution, and that is how we continue to thrive and grow. And so I will not allow myself to feel defeated or resigned to the experiences I have been having that challenge me in this country this past couple weeks, because I know who I am. I know who I am, and I know who you are. We are collectively seeking a promise at all times of that more perfect union. 
the five principles that we predominantly look to as our guideposts within this movement speak to this as well. And I'm going to, you know, I, I think that we don't really talk about the principles directly enough in the work that we, in, on Sundays. And so I'm going to speak these principles out loud. Number one, God is all there is. It is the infinite energy of love. The infinite creative energy of love. That's it. God is all there is. Number two, human beings are inherently divine. If God is infinite, there can be nothing separate from the infinite. Otherwise, God would be finite. So we are not separate from. We are expressions of. Three, thoughts and beliefs create the events and experiences of our lives. That is how we activate Thoughts and belief is how our expression and experience comes into being. Number four, affirmative prayer and meditation are the practical tools we teach and use to design these events and experiences of our lives. And number five, we choose, we choose to live from and activate this spiritual teaching beyond an intellectual understanding. These are the five guideposts for this movement called unity. And everything, everything distills back to that for me. But it requires activating your life from this point of view, infinite responsibility. In any circumstance, I think it is important that we consistently ask ourselves some questions. Number one, who is it I choose to be in this experience? How do I choose to respond in this experience? It's all choice. And that's why I said, I will not ever speak from my emotional response. I will always speak from the point of view after I have done the spiritual work to find that point of view. Spiritual understanding, as I said before, comprehending, internalizing, and living the truth we know. So to what degree are we comprehending, internalizing, and living those five principles? It's a question, it's a rhetorical question, just to check in for yourself. Am I holding up my end of the bargain? If this is where I choose to place my focus, if this is where I choose to be, and if this is where I choose to allow myself to be nourished spiritually. These, these principles are, for me, a pathway to experiencing infinite freedom and a call to personal action. Because faith without works is dead. Prayer without action is worthless. And so, I invite you to consider for yourself, if you are challenged by what you have experienced in these last several weeks, and you have taking yourself to that place of prayer and contemplation, what's next? What comes beyond that? If you are able, take it out and activate it in your life. I'm not going to tell you what that looks like. But there is a way that we can be in expression in this world that is for the good of all. And that's what I really think will heal the experience that we're having right now that feels so challenging. We are, each and every one of us, essentially on a hero's journey all the time, no matter what. That's why hero myths are so touching for us. The hero's journey, for me, I've, I can articulate in four parts. One, you leave. 
That's the beginning of the journey. We find, we say, oh, what's the obstacle that I face? I will now leave so that I can go on the journey. Number two, overcome. This is the time where we spend time in the wilderness to find the truth of our soul, to find the truth of our being, to be informed from that most intimate place within. From there, we return. We return with something known, with a deeper understanding. And the fourth part for me is to evolve. From what it is we come to know, we must live from a new way of being. For me, that is to consistently shine that light upon the shadow self. And you know what sucks? I'm going to tell you that something sucks. Once you've finished one hero's journey, you're immediately set forth on another. You finish that one, you're set forth on another. You know what that's called? Life. The New Thought philosophy calls upon each and every one of us to be active participants in this thing called life. That's what we teach. Be an active participant in this thing called life. The path to freedom in this country invites us all to be active participants. What we must do is leave all the stuff that seems contrary, that has been expressed in the past, we must leave that behind to know that we are a new expression of light right here in this moment and in this moment and in this moment and that we are constantly on a path of becoming. This is the moment right here, right now, for something new. And that, for me, is the power of understanding freedom. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So the homework this week, if you are new to our community, I give homework every week to make this a practical experience of the philosophy. The homework this week is to pray to pray consistently and activate those prayers. Here's the thing. The power of prayer is the formalized way we change our mind, we change our belief. And what must flow forth from that to know that the prayer has been answered is a change in circumstance. If we are driven into the expression of action, then I believe our prayer has been answered. Be an active participant in the revolution. Big word. And remember that at the core of revolution is evolution. If you're ready to evolve, join me. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.